0: Children, come up, come up. Come on. You might miss out on something if you don't come up, honestly. Let's move that. Come on, children. Be brave. Mm -hmm. Very good. Excellent. That's it. Oh, that yeah that's okay right hmm I think I'm going to give these out at the end okay so you've got to stay <laughs> parents they might have nuts in so you need to tell me so don't give up children they're going to come but you've got to wait first of all right got my scissors words. Scissors. What do I need scissors for? I wonder. <sighs> right. Can you think of a time when you have been separated from your family at all? Can you think of a time when you've been separated? I won't ask for examples now. You have a little think, okay, when you've been separated from your family. Maybe you've been on a school trip for the first time away from home and you've had to stay away from home. Or you got lost in the supermarket or something and you've been separated. I've got a couple of examples. Whoops. So I'm that little sweet girl at the end. Can you? If you can't see there, you just need to move a little bit. Okay, so when I was, a, just move along children so you can see the pictures as well. Because it's a bit tricky, can you see all right? Okay, so I'm about four there. When I was five, we went on holiday to the um, Lake District, and we stayed in a nice farmhouse. And they're my parents as well. So at that time, I was the youngest of four. There were two more to come later. And it was a lovely holiday. This first kind of proper holiday, I remember. Um, I got bitten on the arm by a horse. And I had some lovely new plimpsels. You know what pimpsels are? <laughs> trainers. So I had some lovely trainers. <laughs> white ones <laughs> so I had some white trainers all new and I trod in some cow muck, and I got all the cow poo on my lovely new trainers definitely not Nikes <laughs> so I, was, I can remember sitting uh, on a on a rock in a, by a little stream trying to get all these plimpses clean anyway one day we went for a walk up in the hills and uh, my dad and my older two brothers and sisters went off, because I was only five. I stayed with my mother, who was pregnant, expecting the next baby, and somehow I got lost. I got lost in the bracken, and suddenly my mother looked around, and I wasn't there. I don't know how long I... Now, I can't remember that at all. I do remember the horse and the shoes, but I don't remember being lost. But I can imagine what my mother was feeling. I don't know if you parents have ever lost a child, and the panic, what it must have been like. Okay, so that was being separated from my family. One other time, I'm a bit older now. I'm the 30-year-old I'm the in the white jacket, and I'm setting off for Tanzania with my friend Helen, and we're just going off to Tanzania and Africa to be missionaries, and I'm leaving my family behind. This was back in 1988, so there weren't any... There were airplanes. <laughs> They did have aeroplanes, but (laughs) we're going to have trouble today, I can see. No no internet, no Skype. When I got there, went to language school, and they had a telephone, and it was like in those really, really old films, so you picked up the speaker, and then you wound the handle like that, and you got through to the telephone exchange, if you were lucky, and then you talked... So I managed to talk to my parents about once. So this is me just setting up at Heathrow Airport, just going through um, passport control. And I didn't come back for two and a half years for my first leave. So I was away from my family for two and a half years. Letters, that's all we got really. Lots of letters, a lot of letter writing. So that was a real separation. I can remember the first Christmas in Tanzania, not with my family. That was really, really hard. So what sort of things would you be feeling if you're separated from your family? Can you think of how you might be feeling? Sad. Very sad. Yeah. Any other ideas? Worried. Worried. Yeah, when am I going to see them? Maybe very anxious. Okay. Right, we'll come back to separation in a minute. We're going to look today at Psalm 22, and I'm just going to read a couple of verses. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from me, saving me from the words of my groaning? Oh my God, I cry by day, but you do not answer, and by night, but I find no rest. Yet you are holy, enthroned on the praises of Israel. In you our fathers trusted, they trusted, and you delivered them. To you they cried and were rescued. In you they trusted and were not put to shame. I'm going to think particularly of that first sentence. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? is a bit of a tricky word. What does forsaken mean? Do you know what forsaken means? Yeah, abandoned, forgotten, that's right. Rejected, cast aside, left behind. So somebody who wrote this psalm is feeling abandoned and left behind. Okay, so we're looking particularly at that sentence. So it sounds like this person was in big trouble Who wrote the Psalms or some of the Psalms? Do we know who wrote some of the Psalms? David. Okay, David wrote some of the Psalms, not all of them. Um, So this one was written by King David. Can you think of any times when he might have said this? Well, I had a little think about some of the stories of David. and one. Which one are you going to say? Can you think of the story of David? Let me put this picture up. David and Goliath. Do you think he was feeling forsaken and abandoned there? I don't think so because David, although he was a little shepherd boy, knew that God was with him. So I don't think that was the time. Okay. Other stories of, whoops, other stories of David. Here is when King Saul was trying to kill David. Maybe he felt abandoned and lost at that time. Maybe. Another story I could think of when he was king. His son Absalom took over the throne and he had to leave Jerusalem and maybe he was feeling abandoned at that time. Okay, Now there are some clues that actually David didn't write this psalm about himself because if we look at Psalm 22, a few verses on, it says this. For dogs encompass me, a company of evildoers encircles me. They have pierced my hands and feet. I can count on my bones, they stare and gloat over me, they divide my garments among them, and for my clothing they cast lots. So this isn't describing illness. This isn't des- describing persecution, but what do you think it's describing? Jesus is describing an execution. All right. So this psalm has lots of prophecies about Jesus. And this was written hundreds of years before Jesus was even born. So it was Jesus who said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? When he was on the cross. Now, the Bible is full of lots of exciting stories, isn't it? I've put a few up there. Can anybody tell me some of the stories, especially in the Old Testament? Jonah and the whale. Moses and the burning bush. Do you see any other stories there? On the, any of the pictures, no. Noah's Ark. What about in the top right-hand corner? Somebody's got a lovely coat. Joseph. Joseph. So the Bible is full of lovely stories, okay? But it's not just stories. It is actually the Bible is God's rescue plan from the time that Adam and Eve sinned and turned away from God. It tells of God's rescue plan for us because we've been separated from God. Okay, now I want to do a little kind of trick, not a trick. I've got a piece of paper here and I'm going to fold it up in a certain way. I'm going to cut it once and I'm going to link, if I can, Psalm 22 and the story of Jesus on the cross. So my first cut is like this. One, my second one is like this so I've got a kind of little house like that I'm going to fold it in half now like that to do it quite well right now I'm going to so we've got like that now I'm going to fold that over there like that one more fold here we go I usually do this with paper but I couldn't find any in the shops so it's card so usually I would tear it now in half but I'm going to cut it in half if I can so I'm going to do one cut here we go let's see what happens up through here now the really difficult bit uh, 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 uh. there we go oh, yeah my muscles oh, oh. right got loads of bits of paper now. Let's see what I've got. What have I got here? Okay, I've got a piece, no, not that one. How about this one? <laughs> I got this one. Okay, I'm going to open it out. <gasps> oh, clever. It gets even cleverer. Right. So, actually, I'll put it in the middle there. Can you hope you can you see or you might need to move slightly can. you can see yeah huh okay, my husband's full of good ideas good there we go, right, so there's a cross, okay, so I'm going to illustrate some verses from psalm twenty two and the uh, story of Jesus on the cross so It says in Psalm 22, verse 16, they have pierced my hands and feet. And I'm afraid in those days, when Jesus was alive, the way people were executed was being crucified on a cross with nails through your hands and your feet. Very, very, very unpleasant. Okay. Now, I've got some other bits of paper here. Oh, I've got one like this. I'm going to put this one here. Like that. No, I'll put it on this side. It'll look better. So I've got one there. And I have got another one like that. And that is going there. Like that. Now, what's it say? (laughs) It says, not in Psalm 22 this time, but in Isaiah 53, 12, he willingly gave his life and shared the fate of evil men. So did jesus died on the cross by himself was he the only one there no he wasn't was there who was with him two thieves two robbers so this represents the two robbers who were crucified with him one on the right and one on the left okay i've got another bit of paper here what did they put on the top of the cross what did they put here A label, they put a label. So there's the label. Let's have a look and see what the label said. The label said, Jesus of Nazareth, the king of the Jews. And they wrote it in three languages so that everybody could see Hebrew, Greek, Latin. So everybody knew Jesus was saying, I'm the king of the Jews. Not just the king of the Jews, king of the world. So they put that on the cross. Okay. What else? What else? Now, Psalm 22 again, verse 7, all who see me mock me, they make mouths at me, they wag their heads. He trusts in the Lord, let him deliver him, let him rescue him, for he delights in him. If you mock somebody, what's that mean? Yeah, you make fun, yeah, okay. This is what Matthew 27 says. And those who passed by derided him, wagging their heads and saying, you who would destroy the temple and rebuild it in three days, save yourself. If you're the son of God, come down from the cross. So when Jesus was on the cross, people, not everybody, some were really sad. They were his followers. but Lots of people mocked him, made fun of him. Ha, you're the king of the Jews. Come down from the cross. Now, I've got a few more bits of paper left. What could I do with these? I've got a kind of little L shape. So I'm going to stick this here. Like that. And I've got one here. I'm going to put this here. Right. And I've got two little squares. And I'm going to put... I wonder what these could be. Anybody having a think what they could represent? What do you think, Kieran? Mm, could be the ground, it's not the ground. You, yeah, well, in particular, the soldiers. The soldiers who crucified Jesus because, this time in Isaiah it says, he, he bore the sin of money and makes into. Oh, sorry, this is. Um, In the Old Testament, it says that he makes intercession. That means he was praying while he was on the cross. He prayed for the people who'd done this awful thing to him. And in Luke, when Jesus was on the cross, he said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. Here we go. Oops. Right, Psalm 22. They divide my garments among them, and for my clothing they cast lots. Hmm, what's casting lots? Lots. So, right, right, so these are the Roman soldiers, two of them, and they're rolling the dice for what? Let's see. Oh, it keeps going too fast. When the soldiers are crucified Jesus, they took his garments and divided them into four parts, one part for each soldier, also his tunic, but the tunic was seamless, woven in one piece from top to bottom. So they said to one another, let's not tear it, cast lots. So they got some dice. I said, whoever wins, maybe who gets the six or whatever, will get this lovely tunic for their own rather than tearing it up. So this was to fulfill the scripture which says, they divided my my garments among them, for my clothing they cast lots. So the soldiers did these things. Here's a picture of what it might have looked like. Okay, so if you can see there, the soldiers are going to throw dice to see who's going to get that cloth. Okay, I've got one more piece of paper left i am going to do with this? Let's see. Now, this is a bit nasty, this bit. So, the, Jesus was crucified on Friday, and Saturday, the Sabbath, was a special day for the Jews, and they weren't allowed to do any work on that day. So, they wanted to get the bodies off the cross as quickly as possible before Saturday, the Sabbath. So, it says here, so that the bodies would not remain on the cross on the Sabbath, the Jews asked Pilate, Pontius Pilate, who was the head of the Romans there, that their legs might be broken and they might be taken away. So the soldiers came and broke the legs of the first and of the other who had been crucified with him. But when they came to Jesus and saw that he was already dead, they did not break his legs, but one of the soldiers pierced his side with a spear. So there's the spear piercing Jesus' side. And at once there came out blood and water. And that showed, blood and water, that he was dead. So in the Old Testament, hundreds of years before, two things, Zechariah says, when they look on him, on him whom they have pierced. So hundreds of years before Jesus died on the cross, somebody prophesied that he would be pierced with his spear. They shall mourn for him. That means they'll cry and be sad for him as one mourns for an only child and weep bitterly over him as one weeps over a firstborn. And Psalm 34 says, he keeps all his bones, not one is broken. So again, all these things tie in to show that Jesus' death on the cross was prophesied years and years before because it's all part of God's plan to save us. Okay, what we're going to do now is watch a little five-minute video video and then I'm going to finish off by kind of tying everything together so what I'll do is just put this down for a minute so that people can see the video let's go like that you can yeah, I want you to see the video not there we go and I'll put it back after okay so if we could have the video please
1: but The sun stops shining. So you're a king, are you? The Roman soldiers jeered. Oh, then you'll need a crown and a robe. They gave Jesus a crown made out of thorns and put a purple robe on him and pretended to bow down to him. Oh, your majesty, they said. Then they whipped him and spat on him. They didn't understand this was the prince of life, the king of heaven and earth, who had come to rescue them. The soldiers made him a sign, Our King, and nailed it to a wooden cross. They walked up a hill outside the city. Jesus carried the cross on his back. Jesus had never done anything wrong, but they were going to kill him the way criminals were killed. They nailed Jesus to the cross. Father, forgive them, Jesus gasped. They don't understand what they're doing. You say you've come to rescue us, people shouted. You can't even rescue yourself. But they were wrong. Jesus could have rescued himself. A legion of angels would have flown to his side if he'd called. If you were really the son of God, you could just climb down off that cross. They said. And of course, they were right. Jesus could have just climbed down. Actually, he could have just said a word and made it all stop, like when he healed that little girl and stilled the storm and fed 5,000 people. But Jesus stayed. You see, they didn't understand. It wasn't the nails that kept Jesus there, it was love. Papa? Jesus cried, frantically searching the sky, Papa, where are you? Don't leave me. And for the first time and the last, when he spoke, nothing happened. Just a horrible, endless silence. God didn't answer. He turned away from his boy. Tears rolled down Jesus' face. The face of the one who would wipe away every tear from every eye. Even though it was midday, a dreadful darkness covered the face of the world. The sun could not shine. The earth trembled and quaked. The great mountains shook Rocks split in two until it seemed that the whole world would break. The creation itself would tear apart. The full force of the storm of God's fierce anger at sin was coming down on his own son instead of his people. It was the only way God could destroy sin and not destroy his children whose hearts were filled with sin. Then Jesus shouted out in a loud voice, It is finished! And it was. He had done it. Jesus had rescued the whole world. Father, Jesus cried, I give you my life. And with a great sigh, he let himself die. Strange clouds and shadows filled the sky. Purple, orange, black, like a bruise. Jesus' friends gently carried Jesus. They laid Jesus in a new tomb, carved out of rock. How could Jesus die? What had gone wrong? What did it mean? They didn't know anything anymore, except they did know that their hearts were breaking. Ah, that's the end of Jesus, the leaders said. But just to be sure, they sent strong soldiers to guard the tomb. They hauled a huge stone in front of the door to the tomb so that no one could get in or out.
0: Right. I think that's a really powerful little video. Although this is for children. I, I love this Bible. So if you children you've not got a Bible at home, you could ask I do have that Bible. To, you do. Yeah. Brilliant. You can also get the videos or you can watch them on YouTube. But what I love about this is it says the Jesus Storybook Bible every story whispers his name. So every story from Genesis onwards whispers Jesus name because God had a plan to rescue us right from the beginning, when Adam and Eve sinned. Now I'm just going to finish by doing one other thing with this. I hope if I can get that back. Right. So, so since the time that Adam and Eve sinned, sin has separated us from God. Now, I can well remember when I was about eight or nine, I can remember this, walking down the path to my, the, in my garden to the front door, and I could remember thinking to myself, you know, if God does exist, he will let me into heaven when I die because I have been a very good girl. I thought I'd been good enough to get into heaven, but sadly, our good enough is just not good enough. For God, because God is so sinless and holy that any little thing that we've done wrong is not good enough. So what are we going to do? We can't do anything. But amazingly, God sent Jesus to die for us. Now, um, I talked about two times when I was separated from my family. So once when I was about when I was five, I got lost, and then the second time when I went to Tanzania and I was separated from my family. That was tough. But it wasn't anything like the separation that Jesus uh, experienced on the cross. So if you think about God the Father and God the Son, they were together in heaven in perfect unity, enjoying each other's company and love for eternity. Imagine the pain that comes in severing a bond like that. This is why Jesus cried out with the words, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Because for that moment, when he took our sin on him, he was experiencing... Well, let me tell you, show you what he was experiencing. I'm going to move some of these things now, and I'm going to make a word, okay? So I'm going to put that there. Let me put that like that. Let's see what I can make. In fact, I'm gonna make two words. This is the first word I'm gonna make. Here we go. So what letters have I got so far? Oh, I can't spell right, I'm upside down. There's me, a teacher. That's better. So I've got two L's so far. Okay, let's move this there. Let's put that there. There. I have to use this one. Oh, any ideas? Oh, it's not a very nice word, is it? Hell, not something we like to talk about. But actually, hell is being separated from God. And for that moment on the cross... When Jesus took our sin, although he hadn't done anything wrong, he was separated from his heavenly father, and he experienced hell, separation from God. Why did he do that? Why did he do that? I can make one more word. I'm going to put that like that. Like that. What could it be? What word can I make? I'm going to take that, put that there. I'm going to put that there. I'm going to put that there. I'm going to put this one here. I've got one letter left. What have I got? Hello. Hello. Clever, eh? Hello. Oh, thank you. Ah. Jesus died on the cross and experienced that separation because he loves us. Right from the beginning of time, God wanted to have a relationship with us and he wanted to mend that uh, relationship which had been destroyed because of our sin. He died for us because he loves us. So what can we learn now, just to finish off? Okay. Two minutes. First of all, what can we learn? We can learn that Jesus showed a word-saturated life. Any time he was in diff- you know, going through difficult times, what were the first words that came into his mind? Words from the Old Testament. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Which was from Psalm 22. Over and over again, Jesus, when he was in difficulties, or other times, all the time, the first things that would come into his mind was from the Bible. And how can we do that? How can we have have a word-saturated life? We need to read our Bibles. And I, I think I've only realized in the last few years how important it is to read your Bible and learn about Jesus and how much he loves us. Secondly, we also see the heart of our Heavenly Father, the love he he has for us. So Psalm 22 says, For he has not despised or scorned the suffering of the afflicted one. He has not hidden his face from him, but has listened to his cry for help. So this is saying, back in Psalm 22, that God looked at what Jesus had done and it was paid the penalty for us. And Jesus didn't stay dead, did he? He rose on the third day. He defeated death. And the last verse in Psalm 22 says, they will proclaim his righteousness, declaring to a people yet unborn, he has done it. What was almost the last thing that Jesus said on the cross? He said, it is finished. He had accomplished what he came to earth to do. He died for us. And that word finished in Greek, grown-ups, is tetelestai, which I probably pronounced wrong. That means it's a sort of Greek term for payment when you're paying something. Jesus was saying when he said, it is finished, I have paid your debt to the last penny. I've drained your cup to the last drop. So Jesus took our sin for us so that we can have a relationship. And if you know Romans 8, 1, it says, Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So I don't have to think like I when I was eight. Oh, have I been good enough? Jesus, will you let me into heaven? I don't have to think like that anymore. No condemnation means everything's wiped clean. Not through anything I do myself, but because of what Jesus did. So I made that decision when I was twenty. And I accepted Jesus into my life. And he's Totally changed my life. Maybe there's some people here who've never actually taken that step of saying, Yeah, I trust in you, Jesus, not in how good I am. Maybe you've relied on your parents' faith, or you thought, Oh, I won't not today, not today. But I just want to now, we're gonna close our eyes. And if there's anybody here who's never made that final step and said, Yeah, I I do trust you, Jesus, that you died for me. Now's your chance. So let's close our eyes, and I'm going to say a prayer, and then the chocolates will come. Okay? Let's close our eyes. Dear Father, we just thank you so much that you died for us on the cross. And if you're here today and you've never taken that step, you can just, um, as I say these words, repeat them in your heart and say amen at the end. Father, I'm sorry for all the things I've done wrong in my life, the things I've done in the past, things I've done today, things I might do tomorrow or into the future. Thank you that Jesus died on the cross for me and took all that sin from me so that I can be set free. And today, Lord, I accept you as my Lord and Savior and I ask that you would help me day by day to become more like Jesus. Amen. 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 Amen.